Ice Wine, Baby Tree Monkeys, and Civil War Reenactment. You know that. You know that's right. <laughs> Season one, episode six, Weekend Warriors on the sixth episode of this podcast. I've heard it both ways. 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 And welcome back to I've Heard It Both Ways. I'm your friendly neighborhood backcracker, Dr. Joe. We are the Pineapple Boys. And riding along uh, shotgun with me in the blueberry is, as always, is my good pal Horatio Hornblower. Horatio, <laughs> how you doing? I like the alliteration. That's always it's always a classic. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, Horatio Hornblower. I don't know why it was stuck in my head. It's an old literary uh, character. There's a story about the Napoleonic Wars and... Uh, my, I think my Jesus dad, Christ. my dad, my dad used to watch. You know, uh, my dad loves that stuff, so it was stuck in my head for some reason. I thought it'd be very fitting for tonight. Wow, I'm an English major, and that's uh, over my head. Jesus Christ! <laughs> How you been, buddy? Happy New Year! Yeah, it's great. Uh, you know, uh, one week break, but we're back at it, and we're talking probably one of the funniest episodes in season one. I mean, joke for joke, this goes with any of them. Yeah, this is uh, my, my notes. My show notes uh, are it's it's mostly one-liners. Mm-hmm. I've got more more bolded uh, one-liners in this one than we've had, you know, all uh, season long so far. So uh, it, while we don't get the Gus nickname and Mm-mm. the 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 pineapple, very debatable. I had to look this one up. Very debatable whether there's a well. pineapple uh, <laughs> reference in this one. Uh, but I believe we we did get our first of something else, which we'll touch upon later. But uh, this was a great case. Uh, it was a great, great detective work throughout. As, as I just said, a ton of one-liners. So, so one of one of the better ones for sure for uh, season one. Yeah, I loved it. And uh, you know, we can get right into our process, which starts with a holla, ends with the creamsicle, and if there's time in between, you know, Thundercats ho! Oh, so let's get right into it, Joe. Yeah. So the the cold open for this one is a little long, but I enjoy it because it reminded me of my youth. Uh, you know, uh, Henry's got Sean and Gus and, and what appears to be their local Boy Scout troop, but they're they're launching model rockets. And uh, I, I always remember doing this as a kid with my old man. I, I had a, 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 I was in the Boy Scouts myself, so I always had a ton of fun with this. So it was very relatable. And while it was kind of long, we, we do get a, a two uh, bits, uh, you know, from this cold open that, that play out later in the episode. One is the pocket watch, which plays out in a couple ways, both hilarious. Uh, but then we get this idea of shortcuts and, you know, where Henry shoots the rocket. Uh, Sean and Gus have to go get the rocket if they want to have their ice cream sundae. Uh, and they come back with just the um, uh, just the parachute and Henry's got the rocket. And how the fuck did you get the rocket? You know, and, and Sean picks up, you know, that he, he took a shortcut. And this idea of looking for shortcuts, taking for short, taking shortcuts uh, is what really pays off um, at the end. So that was... Uh, this was a nice, nice cold open. Yeah, I liked it. It's the good Henry hair. It's the yep. good Sean. It is the shitty Gus, however. Oh, terrible! The worst Gus. Oh, just the worst Gus. My my favorite Gus is you know the 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 one where he's you know, on the. He looks more like breath. a young Gus. This does not look like a young Gus. No, he's got no. the similar like head shape and hair. Oh, he's, he's got, got this out. oddly deep voice too. Yeah, you know it just. But you know though he's like, uh, what are you doing, Gus? I'm just playing board grass. You know, the one <laughs> yes, yeah. that's my oh, favorite. You're keep her in now. You're playing for keeps, man. <laughs> yeah. So that, that's that's my guess. That's my you know my my young. Oh guess. yeah, that's I think that's everybody's guess. And this and yeah. the other Sean are the top Sean's. Yeah, 
Yeah, and so and there's and there's one other like kind of gangly Sean that comes in later, and my wife's like, no, 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 this is there's one more, but you know, another it's another show for another day. But uh, so I I just love this episode because of it's 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 classic Lassie. It's 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 him uh, being uh, you know doing the the Civil War reenactment, and this is oh yeah, and that's what takes it off. It's just it's brilliant because you've got. Lassie in all his glory. Is he on a horse? I don't know if he's on a horse. I forget how it starts. I'll, I'll admittedly say, like, I was watching, I was mostly listening to this, like, probably 10 times over the last two weeks. But I do love this episode. As I said before, this is the episode that got me into psych. And, like, I'm locked in. I love this show now. Like, just the little things that started. And, you know, I went to school, you know, you know, Brassi was in radio. I went to school to be a reporter at one point. Um, that failed horribly. But, uh, I'm in, you know, kind of the media business now, and you're always looking for a different angle into a story. And the way Psych started the first like four or five episodes, they were always, you know, in the like in the you know Chief Vic's office or like snooping around trying to get a case. Then on Nine Lives, he's got the police scanner. He gets into there. This one, they're there, and the crime happens, which is so awesome. it's another way to get it going. And the way that the crime happens is great because, like you said, Lassie's Civil War reenacting. He's wearing the face wig like the ridiculous mustache and you know, somebody falls off the horse, gets shot and we find out he's murdered. Well, is we that, think he's murdered. Is that Lassiter? What died on his face? You know, yeah, just great stuff. So yeah, that was, I mean, that was a great way for them to kick off uh, the case. Really. You get it right off the bat. As you mentioned last week, it's not in the police station again. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's all in real time. Sean is there. Gus is there. Lassie's there, Juliet's there, um, and and there's there's a there's a there's a large crowd of people. So it's it's a really good who done it because this happens seemingly in front of everyone, but everyone's too busy, you know, paying attention to make sure that they get. I can't remember what what battle this was. He rattles it off, but it, you know, it, it revolves around Colonel uh, Muscom T. Lassiter, <laughs> great grandfather, you know, who helped uh, you know uh, you know win the war. And, uh, and so it's, it's, it's great because <laughs> what the best part about this is that there's a death and they don't know it's a death right away. And so there's some great, uh, some great comedy here, uh, because you've got, um, right before they discover the body, they got to do with the bayonet. Yeah. <laughs> Too graphic for the kids. There's going to be children here. That's what I say about <laughs> the bayonet gag, right? Cause the guy's got the thing going around his head. Uh, but then. Last he looks over because he's he's kind of pissed off, right? Because they that you know people are missing their marks, and uh, Sally didn't you know wasn't standing by the cannon, and and he looks down and he sees uh, uh Captain Quantrill, and it just and this is this is our victim. He's laying down on the ground, and he goes, and there's Captain Quantrill, uh, portrayed by the horrible method acting of Nelson Poe, <laughs> who landed way off his mark. Yeah, and then he walks down, and then you know he, he sees him dead. So th- to, for me. This was probably the best start uh, of an episode uh, that we've had so far. Yeah, because you're right into it, right? You're right into the action. You're right into the story. Sean's there. He doesn't have to, like, get the – well, he does kind of have to still get the case. He follows them back to the police station where Lassiter is, you know, this is my thing. And that's another great comedy trope. They always throw in the Civil War reenacting in a good comedy every once in a while just because, like, who the fuck does that? Like, I've never known anyone who actually does it. So it's a nice tropey thing to throw in a comedy – that Lassiter especially does it. And it comes up in other episodes, you know, the uh, 
I think it's one. I think it's the first Yang episode where he's like, "Oh, he could be going at me because he knows I'm a Civil War buff." Yeah, that's right. That's right. That's right. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then, well, real quick, uh, what, what's his name? Uh, the 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 dude from Always Sunny, the the oh, little guy um, there. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, he's got a woman's name. How could I not remember this guy? He's uh, like one of my favorite uh, guys. Mary Lightly. Mary Lightly. He goes. What about that? Uh, what was it? That Patrick Swayze um, Civil War show, North and South. Talk yeah. about a Civil War buff. Yeah, like yeah. <laughs> I'm sure we'll tackle that later. But like yeah. the Civil War acting is really good, and Lassie doesn't want any part of Sean on this case because he feels like it happened on his watch. He's yeah. gonna solve it. Yeah, it's his thing, and but that's classic Lassie uh, and Sean, anyways, right? My mm-hmm. turf. You stay away. You know we don't need you. And uh, you say, it just made me think about something real quick when you talked about the, the the Civil War stuff, and we always talk about Gus, you know, just having this obscure knowledge of stuff. When when Sean and Gus are sitting on the field watching the reenactment before the murder goes down, Gus rattles off some weird obscure Civil War fact, and Sean goes, "ESPN two, watch it for me one time, Channel I'm six, you, Gus. yeah." I'm you, Gus. <laughs> yes. And uh, so, but but this is. This is one of the better episodes with Sean uh, and his uh, detective skills. Oh yeah, uh, right because he he notices. Yeah, because he he actually just he, he actually you know discusses some sound uh, and legit uh, forensic uh, mm-hmm. you know evidence uh, with the, the the bullet. You know he he happened to notice the bullet went right through uh, Poe's heart and. Mm-hmm. and 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 Lassie goes, well, how did you know that? And of course, yeah, you know, I had the psychic vision thing, but he, he picked it up. And then when they're in, this is how they get on the case is that when they're in the room and and Lassie's talking to Vic and he's sort of doing his thing, uh, Sean mentions that and and Vic goes, that was privileged information. Yeah, you're hired, right? So that was a great a great instance of Sean, you know, not you know being silly, you know, about getting onto a case. He actually presented you know, really good factual information that they said, yeah, yeah, you got this. Yeah, we got a couple other key things in that scene. We get the introduction. We already seen her, but we get the Sean uh, meet cute with Sally Reynolds. Like, why yep. are you looking at me? Because, yep. you know, this is uh, the age of Lothario Sean, where he's yeah. hitting on <laughs> most of the female characters as they yep. come through the early episodes. Uh, and then we've already seen it in a few, and he's already got his thing with Juliet. But then they introduced the board of all of the people that were on the battlefield. So that comes into play into the next scene where they go back to the psych office. And I think that's the next scene, right? Yep. Yep. So he pulls out the air hockey table Yep, and it's got the cool, cool music in the background. And he whips out the the dry erase board and he sets it all up. And, uh, and, and this this is why I love this, this exchange between, you know, Gus and Chuck is Gus says, you committed that to memory. And he goes, yeah. I but thought you, you said said you started for two minutes. <laughs> yeah, two Ultimates. whole minutes, and uh, which is again further just harping on Sean's you know photographic memory, his ability to see something once and you know have it have it committed to memory, and uh, so this this was a great scene, and I, I just love that that little back and forth between those two because it shows like they've known each other their whole lives. It's not like Sean just sort of magically came about this skill, and mm-hmm. Gus obviously knows, but he's still he still gets amazed by what Sean can do, you know, and, and, and that just kind of, I don't know, that little exchange, I loved it. And it struck me as like, Oh, that, that, I've never really thought like Gus ever really sort of being impressed with Sean. 
And this is the second time in a row we kind of get that breakdown of the case in the psych office, which is glad I'm glad it's something they didn't lean on in every episode because it felt yeah. like that was going to be become like one of their things. Yeah. But this use is really great. I did notice the music as well. I love that like little. So that sets the scene real nice. And then they get into the George Cheslow part, GC. Yeah. Jump all over that. So then we fast forward pretty much right to the dentist office yep. where we, we, we get this through a lot of the episodes where Gus talks about how perfect his teeth are, how he's never had a cavity. <laughs> yeah. And then Cheslow's in there going, well, you know, you got a cavity here. We got to take this away. And he's all right, all right. You know, uh, but this was a great, this was another uh, great scene because it, it, it we, we get introduced to Cheslow and we, and we get introduced to a first potential suspect mm -hmm. uh, and first potential uh, motive. So, you know, up till this point, the only person that doesn't think it was, you know, uh, something sinister was shot. It, it just seems like it's a pretty, you know, shut and shut and dry case of, uh, you know, a live round kind of getting mixed in with the guns. But uh, they go they go see Cheslow and, and they meet Cheslow's smoking hot wife. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, she's just she's a gold digger. She's hitting him up for money. And Sean gets a feeling that maybe maybe something ain't right here. And then he actually gets Cheslow to admit, right, that his wife oh, yeah, was, was having an affair Paul. and mm -hmm. sleeping with Paul. And uh, and we get a great little thing here because, uh, you know, Cheslow is he's, he's a bit of a, you know, he's a bit of a nerd and he doesn't have his glasses on. He's kind of fumbling around. And Sean picks up the fact that he's blind as a friggin' bat. Yeah, and he so can't wear his glasses on the uh, battlefield because they weren't of the period. So there's no way he's hitting him in the heart. Because that's another thing that we get when they're breaking down the case in the office where Sean says people don't get accidentally shot through the heart. So right. we know, boom, he's off the list. And then Lassie comes in gangbusters and is like, we found the stack of love letters and you threatening to kill him. So it's pretty good like motive. Yeah, but Sean's already figured out like the part where you know the uh, the means he doesn't have the means to do it, right? And 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 we'll 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 come to find out a little bit later on too is that not only could he not see, but he he wasn't in the right position, yeah, to to to, to make that kind of a shot. So this was again a harps on this is a, a great episode of balance between comedy and really good case solving uh, skills, and so. Classic Sean. He wants to. He wants to get in. He wants to be in a part of the the, the reenactment. And of course, Lassie, you know, uh, won't let him. But but he gets a uniform. He gets in there, and he and he wants Gus. Oh to my be god! With him. And I love this. The look on Gus's face. It's absolutely perfect because he's like, "Come on, Gus. You get to do this." And, and, and Gus gives him that look like me. You you want you know, and he doesn't. And he doesn't come out and say and what part. Of this, what I fit into, and these down to the detail Civil War reenactors. Who would I play? Because I'll tell you what, there is no way, no way. I am. And he's like, I didn't. I wasn't thinking that. I was thinking glory. And then Gus' face lights up. I'm thinking I was Denzel. Thinking Denzel. <laughs> no. Did you say Denzel? Denzel Washington. Yeah. What other Denzel? Of course. So the other thing that you like, we do kind of get a nickname in here a little bit because uh, you know the same lady who told him about the cat comes in and goes, Gus, there's a Lieutenant Crunch to see you. Oh. And then Sean pokes his head and he goes, actually, I've been recently promoted to Captain. captain that's right. <laughs> that's right. That, that's And that's one of those things I love about the show because I've watched this a, a, a handful of times, uh, you know, 
between last episode, between last show and this one, and it, there's just little lines you miss, and they're and they're and they're really they're really friggin' funny. <laughs> Actually, I've been promoted. It's it's now Captain Crunch, which is which is classic Sean. So we're we're getting we're starting to get more and more uh, of that Sean character really, you know, uh, develop that that we like that we know and love, and so. Uh, we, we we get more of an introduction now to Sally Reynolds and uh, Griffin Mahoney, right? Because there Griffin is the um, he's the guy who made the pocket watch for Henry, and yep. Henry had the ridiculous inscription, but it wound up just being "Don't lose, Henry." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> which is a great, but it's a great back and forth because he gives like this, like you know, uh, "Don't lose this watch, Henry Spencer," and the guy's yeah. just like, "Well, I'm pretty sure he's familiar with your name." Like, right. you can just say, "Love, Dad." Yeah, he's like, oh, mushy, mushy. But like, that's a nice back and forth. He's still getting him the watch. It's classic Henry. He's going to do yeah. something nice for him and then kind of take it back. But yeah. we don't get the, you know, that whole thing playing out with the metal detector for a bit. But we get yeah. Gus going to get his spectacular uniform, which winds up being the marching band, which is fucking hilarious. It's the best. It's the It makes me laugh out loud every time I see Gus in that because he's got the big feather hat that, that sticks up and everything is so you know and he and he kind of he kind of feels it you know why as ridiculous as that is that outfit is you know Gus kind of kind of struts around a bit uh but we you know we get some some crucial information here about the episode mm -hmm. about the case and that Sally Reynolds she uh she writes insurance she's an insurance writer and <laughs> I love this line I I've been thinking about having my legs uh, insured three to five million a haunch. Yeah, like Mary Hart. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It just oh, that just cracks me up. So just the, the one line. calves are carved marble, marble. <laughs> and I haven't. I've seen Wes flex his calves once, and he's supposed to have the best calves in the DSG. He might have the biggest. I think I might have the most defined though. So we'll have to have a calf off. Yeah, don't don't sleep on me. I got those former hockey player calves. That's true. That's true. <laughs> Mostly, you know, I might be short and round. My 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 legs are my the only feature that I am like oh, okay, yeah, it's not bad. That's a bit of a bad. power bottom. Yeah, <laughs> oh, major power bottoms. <laughs> Again, my power comes from my haunches. <laughs> but this is this is you know this is so you know up to this point, you know you, you still have no idea because even though they have a suspect and they have a motive, we know as the viewers because we're we're seeing it you know from Sean's perspective that Cheslo is not the killer. No. And and again, I'll say this over and over and over again. This is what this show does really well. You'll get two-thirds away through this episode before you, you, it really solves itself, and that's what a good procedural, you know, does. And so now they're at the battle camp, you know, and they're uh, you know, what Sean and Gus like to do, sitting by fire, eating pork and beans, right? And Enrico uh, Valley. That's right, Enrico Valley. And Lothario Sean, uh, you know, gets, uh, gets a little alone time with uh, Sally Reynolds. And uh, that was that was a nice little scene. I, again, Skinny Sean just just doesn't doesn't do it for me. I, I need I need a nice thick Sean. You need the chubby Sean. You need the, <laughs> you need the uh, chubby Sean. That equals funny. But That's he right. does wind up going to kiss her, but he falls yep. down the hill. Um, and that kind of gives him an inclination to what might have happened because he yep. fell the same way that George Cheslow did. And he looked up into the tree and was like, hmm, I think something like I can figure out something. I can figure out where the bullet came from because he yep. definitely wasn't shot now on the horse in his mind. He was shot when he landed. Yeah. Yep. And so that was a great, great little breakthrough, break, breakthrough, uh, breakthrough. Uh, so he's seeing things from a different perspective. So he, he's got an idea. So, 
he goes to Henry, but he doesn't go to Henry for the type of help that we typically see, right? He's not, you know, I said, Dad, I need help with this case, you know, because he's he's stuck. He's not stuck at all. He's got a very clear idea. The problem is Henry won't let anyone borrow his metal detector. <laughs> or any of his tools, really. That's another little bit of a recurring thing. Yeah. So, uh, so, he tricks him. <laughs> yeah, he tricks him. He says he, he lost his watch, a pocket watch that he was just given to him for his you can't see this uh, if you're listening. Uh, a little finger quotes here uh, for his birthday, and so <laughs> he's using the uh, the metal detector because he's got an idea. He's because Sean needs some evidence, and he needs to find the bullet casing. So he's using the metal detector to do that, and he doesn't find the bullet casing at first. He finds a brass button, but it just seems like. No big deal. Just, uh, okay, a button. They could have fallen off anyone's shirt. But he makes mental note of it. And then there's a little you know, a little back and forth with Sean Henry. And then he eventually does find a bullet casing. And this is another great, great Henry-Sean exchange because <laughs> Henry gets so mad at Sean for, for losing the pocket watch. He goes, I literally just gave you a watch that said don't lose. And the first thing you did with it was lose it. And then Sean reveals that it wasn't lost. And he says, well, first of all, today's not my birthday. It was four months ago. And then Henry doesn't bat an eye. It says, kid, when you were born, you didn't smile at me for four months. That's when the clock started. And that was just a, that was a nice little back and forth. Yeah, it's a pretty good Henry episode. You get his character shown really well that he's, you know, tough love to the toughest, I guess. So it's a nice moment there. And, you know, he freaks out. He's like, yeah. You found the bullet, but you don't have the killer. And that's yeah. still the thing. They still don't have the killer. But now he at least knows what's going on. He calls Jules and Lassie to the scene to break it down. They don't really care, though. Like, they're like, yeah. oh, they're kind of like Henry. Nobody, like, not nobody, no crime, but like, <laughs> you still don't have a person. And even in the police office, when Lassiter was like, okay, you know it's not George Cheslow, then who is it? And he's like, Engelbert Hubberdick. <laughs> and then Chief Vic goes, he's actually right this time which is a yeah. nice little slight at lassie yeah. for the uh and then even when they leave they go this time so yeah. they get called away you know they do the whole hot and cold thing to find yeah. the yellow pencil that sean yeah. left in there um to you know draw lassie to the uh bullet yeah. casing like you know sean needed to show off that he was psychic but then they get called away on another call which doesn't happen very often at all right. in the show Right, But it does show that like they're not taking this serious. They think they have the suspect. They were called out of their way. They're out of there in a flash. But yeah. that's when Sean really is like, should we leave too? No, let's break down this case. Yeah. And this is where we get the uh, Sean looks up, right? And, guess, uh, and, and he has this inkling that uh, maybe the shooter came from, you know, uh, somewhere else. And so uh, Sean climbs up the tree. And Gus goes, look for a notch. Look for a notch. And Sean's like, what, what do you mean? Oh, that's a notch. So they, 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 this, is, this is, you know, Gus's real big contribution. And it's a simple thing. But telling Sean to look for the notch when he finds it shows that uh, Nelson Poe wasn't the intended target. The intended target, was, it was the notch was facing at the tent. And that's the tent that Sally um, Reynolds was coming out of. Yeah, she was coming out of. So, that, so now you think, okay. Sally was the intended target here, but and why she was because she was also late coming out of the tent, which is another thing that they buried and shows you how well thought out the writing is because yeah. 
She was in there helping somebody with their homeowner's policy, which is why she was alive, because yeah. if she came out when she was supposed to, she would have been shot and killed. Yeah, and that and that, that that's we we get that bit of information right at the beginning because mm-hmm. uh, Lassie's all in a huff because Sally missed her marks. She wasn't mm-hmm. on her mark, and as as, as you said there, because she was helping someone out. So so now they got they got you know try and find a way to to, to lure uh, the killer, and so this is this is my only real gripe with the episode, and it's just it's just a continued thing theme throughout first season because. Um, Jules just hasn't found her groove yet, you know, mm-hmm. um, as a character. So, you know, Sean and Gus are trying to cook up a scheme to try and they're trying to figure out how they can draw out the killer. And they were going to have Sean dress up as Sally Reynolds. Um, and, and, uh, Jules decides that she's going to do it, right? It's, it's much more believable if she does it than Sean. And we get this little hesitation from her. She's got the flak jacket on her. You know, she's all, she's all ready to go, but she's hesitant to she asked the guys to give her a kick yeah you know out, out, out of the tent and that's you know so atypical of the character you know going forward so that was my only real gripe uh with the my show only gripe was that it seemed like they found that information out during the afternoon and then it looked like when the thing was playing out was earlier the next morning so they had like the whole afternoon and night to kind of get that information across that was my only thing where it was like yeah. the timing of that seems a little odd but the way that it does play out, I absolutely love on the battlefield. Yeah. You know, Juliet comes out. She shoots Captain Quantrill because nobody goes after her. So yeah. nobody was looking to kill her right then and there. And then we kind of find out because a few things we get, you know, um, we find somebody left their boots. We found somebody left their jacket, which had yeah. the missing button. So that was uh, what's his name's uh, uh, Griff. Yeah. Uh, Mahoney's. So then we also get we we heard Mahoney in there talking about you know the brass button soaked in urine, yeah. but also he had C four in there to kind of fudge the fireworks. They hear the C four, but then they realize it's not actually coming from the battlefield; it's coming from somewhere else. And right. then probably one of my favorite lines in the whole thing, and he was like, "Sean goes, you know, they always considered the north, but they never considered the south, and that's the bad side." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and so this is I think this is right where they find the tunnel. So this is where mm-hmm. that idea of shortcuts comes in that we get way back in the cold open. Uh, you know, they find it's like a manhole cover and they, they go in and it takes them to the other side of the battlefield. Mm-hmm. And and then this is where it all comes together, because this is another killer line. Uh Sean asks, Who goes onto the battlefield without their boots? And then Gus just casually says, Oh, maybe he had bunions, Sean. Bunions, bunions, <laughs> Gus. Try to solve a case here, <laughs> and so that's that. That's when they piece it together because that's where the brass button that they found on the field. All they see the coat. It's missing the button. Boom! It clicks. Like you said, the C four. It clicks. They hear the C four uh, actually go off, and and that's when they, they they do their awesome little happy dance. You know, back. You know, I solved it. No, I solved it. I solved it. And that's when they head on over to, to, to Griffin's store. And he's there. Um, you know, the, the place is blowing up. He's throwing all the stuff in the sack because he's trying to make it look like he was robbed. And then, you know, the Lassie and everyone else accompanies him. And uh, that's when they, that's when Sean figure and Gus figure out that, yes, Sally was the intended target, but she was also in on the scam. Yeah. And that's why Griffin yeah. was trying to wipe her out so she wouldn't yeah. get cut in half of the policy yeah. so you find out sally reynolds with the uh the bedroom eyes and the filthy mouth or, or whatever the uh 
the way he described her as, uh, is actually in on it, but not too in on it because she was about to get whacked herself. So yeah. it's a pretty good wrap-up of the case. So overall, yeah. I think the whole episode, phenomenal. Like It's yeah. a very good early episode for a season one show that kind of obviously found its foot footing later on. The only yeah. thing I don't like is the flashback at the end. You don't get yeah. too many of them. No, you know, you get every now and then. And we've had that, I think. Well, yeah, we, we, we've had a little, you know, we've had a bunch had of stuff. A few of them. Yeah, but this is the first after one. And it was, I mean, was it necessary? No, they probably could have uh, gotten rid of that and maybe cleaned up some of the timing issues they had that you talked about, you know, on the battlefield mm-hmm. at there at the end. But, yeah, I think maybe you could probably count on one hand throughout all eight seasons. One uh, shop the- teacher's hand. Yeah, <laughs> the flashbacks they uh, you know they do uh, you know at the end of the episode, but uh, I know the spelling bee is one of your favorites. This is probably you know one of mine. I'd probably put this top three uh, for season one. Well, I start to get cooking now soon. Like this yeah. one leads to a few other good ones. I think the next one maybe a slower paced one, but we really get going. And this one, like you said, I mean we can head into Thundercats. Oh, now yep. clean up anything we missed, but it was great. <laughs> Yeah, ab- absolutely loved it. So yeah, a couple of things I I I, uh, I jotted down. Uh, again, another sneaky little line that can easily, uh, you know, if you're not paying attention, just uh, just go by the wayside. But uh, you know, Lassie says, "Well, for your edification." And the oh, shot, I love that. Is, is that legal? legal? Like yeah. public edification? Yeah. <laughs> Which you know, and then and then you know, you had in your, your your cold open there. I was sipping ice wine with a baby tree monkey. Yep. You know, and uh, just just some great things. You know, Henry Collins, you you look like an idiot. You know, when Can I wear your face like, Yeah, everything yeah. everything in this yeah. episode is fantastic. Even yeah. Lasseter like pulling off his little must mustache. The yeah. when he like confronts him about you're not getting on in this case. Uh, <laughs> I forget what he says, but he's like, I wouldn't have gone so like uh, you know, formal with it. I would have gone maybe you know foreign. You know, you dig my gist, sweet pants, <laughs> like the way. <laughs> Yeah, the best thing too about the ripping the mustache off is that you know Chief Vic tells him to do so. He goes, "The the glue. It's just a, this is this process takes a lot of time." And she just yeah. gives him that look. And he just turns around and rips it off, and the and the look on everyone's face. So this, I mean, this episode, this was a very very classic psych episode. The only issue of it really for me was we still don't get classic jewels a little bit, a little bit at the beginning when she meets them. Um, you know, yeah, she has a good one liner. And uh, so this is this is where the debate comes in of whether there's a pineapple in this episode or not, because uh, they're having a picnic and and they're just drinking snapples. And so people claim that they're drinking pineapple, snapple. pineapple, snapple. But I mean, come on, I just we I want a goddamn pineapple. Give me give yeah. me the. I think it takes a yeah, while. I don't even know if they knew what they had on their hands. And this is also <laughs> one of those shows where they could have shot these out of order. Yeah. This feels like an episode that was written a little bit later in the process of the development of season one, because the characters seem to be a little bit, you know, more defined than they are. And maybe like one of the next few episodes, the jokes are a little stronger and more becoming of like what the show is going to be. So I think that happens a lot with these shows that can be kind of shown out of order, but it's definitely a solid episode. Again, Jules is going to pick it up end of the season right now. It's just not, her thing not her thing and that that's okay because because we know we know where that character goes but we do we do i think and correct me if i'm wrong we do get a first uh in this episode i think we get our first you know that's right do we really 
I think so, because I haven't heard it. I haven't heard it up until this point. But Gus does say, you know, that's right. Or maybe it's Sean that says it. I can't remember I which one it. says it. But I wrote it down, and uh, so so you watch it again. You you definitely get a. I think they're in the blueberry uh, when he says it. So that was because um, right. they say that all the time. That, oh, that's yeah. one of the you know that's right. yeah. You know that's right. So let's uh, let's let's bounce over to the creamsicle here, and maybe you know just talk a little bit more about you know what what was your favorite moment of the show? Is there a favorite line? Is there a favorite uh, uh, you know scene? To me, it's definitely when, you know, Sean goes to Gus's office and they do the whole back and thing, back yeah. and forth thing. And they never say the word slave, but it comes no. across perfectly. And it's hilarious. Gus is very good in it. Sean yeah. is very good in it. Even like the, um, you know, you can be anything you want. You could be a pilot. <laughs> He's like, Sean, the Air Force wasn't invented until World War I. <laughs> All right, so you can't be a pilot. <laughs> yeah, that was great. That was probably 1A for me. I shit on Henry a lot. And and I, I've made it known how I feel about Henry as a dad, but he has moments, um, and especially I I think my favorite moment of them is the Santa Barbara Town uh, finale and, and season opener that we get uh -huh. in season seven, season eight, and then season eight really gives you more of that. But uh, there was a good lesson to be you know, that starts the episode with the cold open. Uh, but I just love the whole the whole pocket watch thing because Henry is trying right he he tries so hard to you know convey some emotion but he's just so friggin bad at it uh and this idea of giving him a pocket watch um uh, again this is another thing that just related to me because my old man gave me uh his uh great grandfather's pocket watch on on my birthday one year uh so that was so i so i connected with that a bit and but it was funny because he's sitting down he's talking with griffin and, you know, he's like, he wants it to say, you know, what he wants to say. And then uh, he, he gives him the price. And Henry goes, whoa, whoa I, I thought we settled on, on $400. He goes, yeah, but such and such per letter. Da, 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 and it comes out to, so that's when he starts knocking it off. And it eventually just comes <laughs> down to, lose. don't lose. Henry. Henry. Perfect. Clean. <laughs> and it's great. And it's, it's also so good because it's a gift to keep him on time. Yeah. It's yeah. it's like it's like when you get your wife like a treadmill or like a, a vacuum. <laughs> it's not it's it's like a nice gift, I guess, but it's also like it's because you're always late. It's also like a little bit of an insult, right? Sticks true to Henry's character, and I've actually always wanted a pocket watch. I thought it was kind of cool. Yeah, you know, so it was it was the gesture was there, but Henry can never really ever turn it off. Nope. It's always he's always digging just a bit, and and he's oh, I mean, he's always trying to teach Sean. Uh, but sometimes you got to know when to turn the switch off and, and, and lay back. But so we get the pocket watch there. And then I love when it comes back into play, you know, we're on the, when they're on the field and and, and, he, and he dupes him into getting the metal detector. And, and, and Henry's just like, you know, you look like an idiot and the whole, you know, you didn't smile at me for four months. That's when the clock started. I was just, Oh, that was one of my favorite things. Yeah, sometimes it's really weird too with Henry. Cause he can be a terrible actor at times, yeah. but when he delivers the, you look like an idiot. It's yeah. a fucking great line <laughs> because that that feels real and genuine. Like because yeah, he does look like even, an idiot. <laughs> that might not even have been like a line. It could have been oh, yeah, ad lib for all we know, and it was it was perfect. But yeah, you know the scene that you love too. Gus is perfect. It's classic Gus because he's just he's just kind of looking at him like 
What would I be, Sean? What would I be? He's so he, I, we said it last week, and I think it holds true. And this is a pretty good acting episode for Sean as well. I thought he acted the crap out of himself yeah. uh, in this episode. But Gus and Lassie, I think are I don't even think it's questionable are the two best actors on the show. They had kind of a career before this, yeah. and you know they have always been solid. So Sean, I think, is always good. Yep. And gets way better as it goes on, as he gets more comfortable in his role. Right. And I think his role becomes a little bit more natural to who he is as a person. But this, I think, is one of those episodes because he's not as... He's a little Lothario, Sean, but he's also one-lining and all over everybody at every moment. And th- and that's what I love, when he's one-lining and not being as silly. We've seen a lot of silly Sean, mm-hmm. you know, with the over-the-tops, this and that. And, and and even his psychic vision in this was... Very dialed in. Very yeah. dialed in. Yeah, and the, the presidential was. So that was that was good. So we didn't get that wackiness, that silliness, but we did get just a lot of the quips, a lot of the one-liners. And I loved the focus and the the the, the to, to detail with the detective work. That was mm-hmm. that was great stuff with the with the bullet forensics and all that. He was this was an on-point Sean episode, and uh, I that's probably part of the reasons why I loved it so much. Yep. Uh, you know, in the very first few episodes, Gus was kind of giving him a lot of the beats that he needed to solve yep. the crime. This one's a lot of Sean. Gus has a little bit here and there. But, yeah, I thought overall, strong episode. It's really weird, too. Uh, I think this is a well-written show, and it's really good. Have you ever seen The O.C., by the way? I watched The O.C. Not <laughs> to go completely first... on top. Yeah, no, so I think I was in college when The O.C. came out. So I think I watched, me and my roommates, we watched the first season. Uh, and then I didn't watch after that. I mean, I've been watching it now, like, for the first time ever, because somebody recommended it to me. It is a fucking well-written show. Like, the first four episodes I've seen, home run, like, from a stylistic writing type of show. And obviously, Sykes a completely different show. But you can see when somebody puts time and effort and details for stuff paying off at the beginning of an episode to the end of an episode. So... I mean, good writing to me is what I look for in TV. And there's a couple things you can pick apart in this episode, but I think, you know, the crime was well-written and the way that they flexed Sean's psychic ability throughout was excellent. Yeah. The nitpicky things are that just that for this particular, to me, they're just nitpicky. They don't, they don't take away from the episode at all. It's not like, uh, um, what was the second, uh, the third episode that we did, uh, with the, uh, with the ring. There was a lot to nitpick about that oh, yeah. one because there was a lot of convenience and it was it was it was rushed and so that was like okay the the things that were wrong with that issue kind of did take away from the episode a bit. This one I was like okay because you could watch it in a vacuum mm-hmm. and, and and completely miss some of that stuff and it's not going to affect how you watch. It. And then those are the kind of things you pick up maybe on uh, on a couple of rewatches there. Uh, but yeah, this is this is one of my favorites. <laughs> and uh i just i just love it so what what do we got what do we got coming up next uh so next week yeah next week we will have uh who are you gonna call so yep. this is the episode with the guy who's kind of um this is multiple, of- multiple personalities yep. i've rewatched it a few times because i've kind of let these roll on the rewatches and i've yep. gotten to this one a few times it's not my favorite but it's better than you remember it's a obvious like still I think a bad Psych episode is better than most episodes of television. But when you're comparing it to the other episodes of Psych, obviously there's ups and downs. But this one is really good, and it has a really good case. And it's a little bit all over the place story-wise, but they tie it in together nicely at the end. So it'll be a fun breakdown next week. 
Yeah, and then what do we got coming up after? Because how many more episodes do we have left in this season? Was this a 12 or 13 episode season? Oh, I think this is 15. 15, jeepers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we still got some humdingers that I'm uh, – Oh, yeah, we get, we get really cooking soon. I mean, yeah. some of my favorite all-time episodes are coming up. I can pull up the uh, – so we just did Nine Lives. This is Weekend Warriors. Then we got – who yeah. you got to call? Yeah. Sean versus the Red Phantom, which in hindsight I don't love, but it's great. There's a lot of good stuff in there for like yeah. the history of the show going forward. Forget Me Not, that's got the guy, Red Foreman from uh, that 70s oh, show. Yeah. Oh, and his daughter in that. Cute as a button. Yeah, she plays a big role in How I Met Your Mother. She's one of the many yep. Ted Mosby girlfriends. Yep. And then after that one is when we get From Earth to Starbucks, which is one I've probably yep. seen 70 times. Uh, he Loves Me, He Loves Me Not. Uh, yep. He's dead. That's yep. a great one. Cloudy yep. with a Chance of Murder is pretty good. Game Set Murder, one yep. of my favorites. Poker, yep. I barely know her. And yep. then the season finale of Sherry Scary, Bianca's Toast. Where we finally get some badass Juliet. Yeah, yeah, we get we get undercover Juliet, which is one of my favorite oh, yeah. uh, Juliets. So yeah, that those last three are are, are real bangers. So yeah, the, so uh, yeah, who are you gonna call? This is one that uh, admittedly I skip a lot when I'm you know like when it's I'm better than you think. It yeah, really yeah, I, I rewatched it last week because I I did the whole rollover thing as I was you know. And um, it's got that guy. I don't know the actor's name, but you know his face. He's one of those guys. You know his face. You've seen him in a million oh, different things. Is. Yeah. Uh, couldn't tell you his name, but you see his face and, and, and you recognize it. I hate it when my, my, my quarterbacks fight. <laughs> I hate it when my quarterbacks fight. I'm stuck in the middle between a hunk sandwich, and they're always fighting with each other. I see Wait, what fire. happened. See the chassis fryer in the chat. <laughs> Coming oh, yeah, fry guy, fry, uh, fry guy checking and saying Billy stinks. I think it was just a bomb because uh, unless he's been here the whole time, <laughs> he just came in, dropped a comment, and left. But uh, yeah. it's all good fun between me it's and all Fry. It's all good you, fun. I know. It. I, know I, love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. So come on, son. Come on, son. Come on, son. Where can the people find us, Billy? Uh, they can find us just about everywhere, Joe. We are part of the Dork Shared Gooniverse. We are on Facebook. We are all over Twitter. We don't have our own yet, but we probably will soon. You can find us on all of the social media platforms as well. I know TLDR does a hell of a job of pumping out all of the stuff that we do pretty much on a weekly basis. And, you know, you can follow the Dork Podcast. You can follow Mac and Goo. You can follow PCP. You can follow TLDR. We no longer do furloughed and friends. Change my mind, which that shitty guy Nick Fryer is a part of as well. Uh, but he has another hunk in crime himself and our good old <laughs> friend Wesley Sykes. So you can follow us all there. You can follow me on my social media platforms, all of them at BillyD2411. I'm on Facebook, but who the hell does? Doc, you're all over the place with yours, so why don't you tell the good people where they can find you? I've streamlined it, baby. I've oh, already? I already. So uh, I'll just, you know, I need you to cook me up a new graphic, but you can find mm -hmm. me on Twitter, uh, Instagram, and Twitch at Backcracker. So spell it like a mass hole and uh, <laughs> you'll, you'll be right on the button with it. And uh, yeah. So we also TLDR is now on uh, Instagram as well. It's TLDR underscore uh, pod. So we, we use that to promote a lot of show art uh, reviews that Nick and I do for geeks worldwide, but we also pump a lot of, I've heard it both ways mm -hmm. uh, clips and, 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 and um, audio and all of that. So we're just, we're, we're all out here just trying to help each other grow and, and do the damn thing. So we have a ton of fun. And uh, happy new year, everyone. Let's put fucking 2020 behind us. Huh? Yeah, we're getting close, man. We're uh, in the final three hours of this year that has been 
Uh, in many ways, uh, pretty good for me from like a career standpoint. I know that sounds weird to say, but it has been a horrible year in a lot of other ways. Yeah. I haven't seen a lot of family or friends. I haven't been in the same room as my parents since March. So uh, it's been a weird year. So, I mean, I know we're just a newer podcast, but I know a lot of the fans of the DSG check us out. So thank you for being with all of the other affiliations that we have. Uh, a happy and safe new one to all of you and your loved ones. So uh, it's been a lot of fun for the six episodes we've done, and we have you know a hundred plus to go. So yeah, and so many many things in between. So we're we're gonna keep rolling, baby. Until next week, wait for it. Frank says I. <laughs>